just like a ritual in which like these different beings are celebrating the self in a way where there's an energy in that space. And in, you know, the space is the energy, the energy is the space. And I just wanted to talk about like that energy being blackness and the, our spaces being blackness itself, I guess. If that, you know, I'm, I'm about to get real weird. Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise podcast takes you into the studio with Black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, yes, we back. Oh, it's the Studio Noise. The voice of black art coming back at you for another season of the absolute best of the black artists, curators, painters, sculptors, collectors, all the creative geniuses making the art world what it is. Think of it as the best art podcast you ever heard. And it's starring black people. Yes. <laughs> Don't get no better than that. If this is your first time listening. Oh, you forgot who I be. This is Jamal Barber. Yes. Artist, printmaker, painter, professor, <laughs> father, husband, all that good stuff. And I love art and I love talking to other artists about their work, their lives, their artistic practice, all of it. And I'm bringing you into the artist studio to hear all this good talk. You know how we get together. You know how we be. And hopefully this gets you inspired. This keeps you inspired. This gets you in the studio. and keeps you making that noise, baby. <laughs> That's what we want. The whole goal of this is to get you up. And get you in there making yo, because that's what it's all about. Last season was amazing. If you haven't listened, you can go back into the archive. We got a huge archive just overflowing with the most talented, melanated people you can possibly find. We've got big time artists. We got emerging artists. We got everybody in between because that's how the art world works. And we relate to each other all the same. So you get a little bit of everybody's story and it keeps you up. And this is the fifth season of the show. And we're going to keep it going for you. A lot of great guests lined up. It's really going to be something. I was recording in my Midtown studio last season, if you remember, as part of the Heart of the Arts residency. And that was a great experience. But now my time is up in the studio. Yes, I just moved out the other day. Uh, but big shout out to the Midtown Alliance, to Lauren and Netta for all the work that they did, hard work that they did to get me in this space, to keep me there. I really enjoy it. I hope all the artists that get into the spaces for the next go around for round two, I hope they enjoy it. I hope they really get to enjoy it even more than I did. And I had a lot of fun in the studio, just being a part of the community, having people stop by an easy place for people to get to to record. And it was it was just a fantastic experience. So that was last season. I recorded a couple of interviews this season at the tail end of my time at the studio space. So you'll get a little bit of that. So, you know, actually, now that I think about it, that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother thing I can do. Like, what do you do when you have to switch spaces? Like you got to pack, you got to stop working, pack all your stuff up, move to a new location, set back up in the space. Uh, it's a whole deal, man. <laughs> it's, it's pretty extreme. I might have to add that to my list of questions for artists like coming up this season. Cause I mean, it's an extraordinary thing to do me. I'm just going back to the basement. You know, your boy, I got the basement studio that I was working in. Hey, I'll go back to the basement. There's ain't nothing wrong with that. Being at home, like super short commute. <laughs> Comparing to going downtown in traffic. I'll definitely be doing some recording at the Black Art America Gallery for sure. 
And that's 1802 Connolly Drive, East Point, Georgia. It's a great gallery space. They just finished the show with April Harrison and Stacey Brown. If I wasn't, you know, in the mix and on break with the podcast, I definitely would have recorded episodes with them. But what do you mean would have? I still can record. <laughs> I'm about to bring them on the show. The show was fantastic. But anyway, they have always have some great stuff going on down at the gallery. I'm sure they got some more stuff on the horizon. And so it wouldn't be nothing to meet artists there, post up, do some recording. It's going to be a great time. It'd be another space we can go. Always support the fam over at Black Art America. You go check them out at blackartamerica.com. And today we're kicking off season eight of The Noise with a talk recorded back in September with the one and only Tim Short. Tim is an extremely talented painter in Atlanta, Georgia, soon to be everywhere. We're going to speak that up. We're going to speak that up for you, Tim. The guy can, he can really paint y'all. Really, really paint. Like his, his pictures are fantastic. And so he recently completed his residency as a as a mint leap year artist, uh, along with, you know, we recorded another artist talk with Dimitri Burke, who was also one of the leap year artists with him. Go back and check that one out. And so his solo show at the end of his residency was called For the Folks. And at, when we recorded this episode at the artist talk for that show, it was really an incredible show. And we talked about his style of painting. And we talked a lot about his style of painting because he gets some criticism for some of the imagery he uses, but I love it. I personally, <laughs> I personally think it's great. And so we talk about that, how he takes criticism about his work. We talk about his process of making work, the inspirations and ideas behind all of it. It's, it was a great conversation, y'all. So do me a favor right now, like your mama used to tell you, why don't you go run, tell your little artsy friends, <laughs> put it in your group chat, tell everybody the noise is back, baby. We back. And after the break, we got Tim Short on the noise. It's the noise, baby. Season eight. Yes. This is Thomas Evans, a.k.a. Detour, full-time artist out of Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to Studio Noise. Yes, it's your boy Jay Barber, Studio Noise Podcast, the voice of black art. As I always, I go around and try to find the biggest and best black <laughs> artists that I possibly can everywhere. So that gave me right here, back at Mint, right here in ATL, West End ATL, talking to my man Tim Short, one of the, one of the leap year resident artists. Uh, just could finish, and this is kind of the show that you get at the end of your residency. If you listen to a previous episode, we've had uh, Demetrius Burke on the show before and now we got tim short how you doing tim man i can't complain man I'm, it's you know it was a struggle getting it all up but it's here <laughs> you know we did it you know it's, it was a a long year you know and it's it's culminated so you know i can't i can't complain too much for real that's what's up man I, anybody will tell you when they ask me two most talented people who are the <laughs> artists that you need to look for in atlanta always tell them Dimitri Burke and Tim Short. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, man. to be mentioned with Dimitri Burke, you know, that's my man. You know, he, he, I love him. You know, he loved me. So, you know, it was, it was a journey for both of us. So, you know, I'm just happy to even be mentioning such good company. Oh, man, you're so humble, man. This <laughs> guy, man. <laughs> I won't do what you wear. Because I'm telling you, I look at a lot of art, right? I see a lot of art from a lot of people around Atlanta. Right. And it's something about having... The technical mastery first mm. to be able to paint, right? 
that's something like nobody can question <laughs> about you. You can you can paint, man. You can paint your ass off, man, for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing is the artistic voice, and I think that's where you kind of got your own thing going on. You got this surrealist kind of uh, menagerie of stuff going on. It's kind of X Files, Black X Files <laughs> type of stuff. You know, I like it though. Like I can't I can't help it, man. Uh-huh. I, I like that kind of stuff, man. What do you What do you think about your own work? How do you feel about it? Um. How do I feel about my own work? I mean, you know, it, it changes. You know, sometimes I feel like, you know, I would like, I would want more from it. And sometimes I feel like as artists, we have a tendency to want to like overcomplicate things. Mm. And, you know, you just want your work to do so much and to say so much all at the same time. But um, ultimately, I just want the people who are represented to feel represented. I want the people who is for to know that it's for them. And I would just like to, you know, I just hope, you know, the message that I try to have or try to carry with each piece, it just gets across. And I feel like I accomplished that and people love it. So, you know, I can't complain about it at all. And that's why we're here, man, is is for the folks. This is your solo show. To me, it sounds like this is one of your first solo shows like, yeah. ever, man. What's up with that? Yeah, I would, I would say this is the first, the first. I don't want to say real or genuine one because I did have one with uh, up and coming, like just a small group that was like dedicated to showing like emerging artists, and they connected with me. And it was a couple years ago at we uh, booked Tiffany Latrice's Tila. Hmm, yeah, so we had it there and. You know, I don't want to discount that one, you know, because that meant a lot for me at that time. And it still does. But this is the first one that, like, I really was tasked to fill in an entire space with just paintings and work. So, you know, it was a challenge. And, you know, I, you know, it's up. Like I said, I keep <laughs> saying it's up. It's here. I mean, it's a step by step process. Right? right. And I think right. that's what we go through, like, as artists in Atlanta. You know, everybody. I, I got the same story. Start out doing the uh, Marietta Art Walks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Outside of the little ice cream shop with my yeah, little yeah. stuff, selling stuff. And then you do articulate, you know, or some kind of other emerging artist show. And then you end up in a group show. And yeah. then eventually, you know, you do enough work and then you end up with a solo show yeah. like this. You know, or you get the leap year residency yeah. right here at Mint. Um, and tell me about that. How was that for you? Um, When I applied, I would say I was confident about it. But I didn't know how many people were applying. You know, I just I just did it off blind faith, you know, um, as an artist and like what I try, just try to focus on in my own practice. You know, I just really want to have like like you said, just a technical expertise about the work. So mm-hmm. I'm always like pushing myself to just to like have the best work possible from myself. And I feel like. After I graduated. I kind of wasn't ready, so I wanted to take time off to like just build a solid portfolio and just like really practice that. And I felt like I would say when COVID hit, I really started like just buckling down and really taking it seriously. Mm. And I was just like, man, I'm a, I'm gonna really do this, and I'm not I'm not gonna try to have another job, you know, be <laughs> split between two things yeah. or nothing like that. I'm just focused on work. Just you know, even if it you know I'm I'm not eating a lot or like eating as much <laughs> as I would like, you know. <laughs> Just trying to like really focus on making the best work that I can and, yeah. you know, develop narratives and, and stuff like that. And I applied and, you know, I talked to Jessica after I got it and she was like, 
you know, it's always it's always a, a weird hearing people talk about your work. And she was like, yeah, it was unanimous with you. And I'm like, oh, well, shit. You know, thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm like, thank you. And, I'm, I'm it, you know, I was just happy for the work to it just just speak for itself in the way that it did because yeah. it was just application, you know, and that's yeah. it. They didn't see me. They didn't meet with me or nothing like that. No yeah. interview, nothing. So, yeah, you know, it was good, you know. I mean, that's that's the the thing we got as artists, right? We was like, yo, you should get this open call. You just like take a bunch of pictures and cross your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Hope that they yeah, like it. You never know. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Um, when I look at this show and when I came in and I told you this before, but the first thing I think about is painting. Literally not just making a painting or looking at a painting as an object on a wall in a museum in a gallery, but the whole process of painting. Right. Because in here you got the drawings. Right. Then you have stretch canvases that are, have drawings and maybe an initial layer on it. Then you have some that are a little bit more worked up. The drawings a little bit tighter. Mm -hmm. You got this one, which you had. Um, it's called talking, talking across the table. Mm -hmm. You actually had in the at the opening had all your supplies and everything out right, here. Right, and you right. actually painted on this piece while you were here. And then you have a couple of finished paintings like right there to me that's covering the entire process mm -hmm. like that's bringing you inside of tim's studio to see like what is tim doing on tuesday <laughs> like tim is probably drawing what is tim doing on wednesday <laughs> he done worked this up like what is tim doing on thursday he putting the paint to the canvas he trying to figure it out you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying at the end maybe the end of the week tim will be finished doing something <laughs> you know what i'm saying like so like the process of painting tell me how you feel about that like what does it do for you just the process, the of, process of itself, the activity of it. You know, but everybody don't talk about that as uh -huh. artists. Like, how are you relating to your practice, right, as an individual thing? Um. Well, I feel like just having people come into the studio space and actually see the process that was like different because before this, this is the first time I've ever had like a studio even. So I was just painting in my bedroom at the house, you know, I got the sheets hanging up so I can't get the paint on the wall, you know, I try not to yeah. put anything into the wall that's going to permanently damage it or anything like that, but, so it was real, like, you know, just low to the earth, you know what I'm saying, so it it's difficult for me to see value in, like, the stages of really the painting, you know, so you know, I've, some people see an underpainting and I know it's an underpainting because I have, or I know, it, I know it's an underpainting and I have a vision for how it should be when it's finished. And all I'm thinking about is that vision. So they see it and they like, this is done. You know, I want this right now. And I'm just like, nah, you, you, you can't, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, that's not it. You know, that's not the thing. So um, just having people find value in that just showed me that there is a lot of value in that mm. for myself and just being able to like really step away from things and just be comfortable, you know, showing it because, you know, going into this show, I wasn't really comfortable showing this stuff because I feel like it's not finished, but you know, it's, it's a beautiful show now that it's up. And like I keep saying, <laughs> you know, it's up. So, you know, um, was, was the timing of it like a problem that led into like how you presented it? We, I intentionally chose to go last, so I'm the last of my cohort, the Leap Year uh, artists, and I wanted to have as much time as I could just developing like paintings because I wanted to use this time to show 
to really show my stuff. So in, in my mind, I had several of these planned out and I was just going to like try to blow everybody away with like, just like you were saying, like just technical mastery of everything. But along with leap year came other opportunities and, you know, you still have to feed yourself outside of, you know, just making art. So I was doing commissions as well. And, you know, we just ran into some hiccups along the way. And I want to say when I went to Hambitch as a part of this leap year residency, I really developed the idea of just like not not really expanding the uh, the triptych idea because I I had initially I planned for there to be like several triptychs in this show, okay. but um, and just just focus on things that you know could really I guess uh, rope the viewer in and um, d that just wasn't so weird like we were talking about uh, earlier. And um, that's where a lot of these drawings came from. And I did a lot of these at Hambitch while just, just being alone away from everyone else. As far as the time, it, you know, you always feel like you have time until you don't, you know. So <laughs> I would say like maybe like three months, I, I was like, oh, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. And then Mint, Mint was going through some like changes as far as leadership. So they needed they needed somebody just to be in the gallery and just to be hanging everything. And I was like, I can do that. And that's good experience. That's good work. You know, I, I'm learning as I do that. So, but that was taking time away from painting as well. Yeah. So it was really about just me getting comfortable showing, just showing what I had and just being okay with what I had. And, you know, I, I dig it now, you know, it's cool. Yeah. So which one of these pieces do you think gave you what you were looking to give? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, when does a art, as an artist for you, when, <laughs> this when does work ever get what it's show. supposed to? <laughs> I feel like when you finish, you you never like. Uh, this is you know, I'm, when I when I see it done, I feel like it's never a hundred percent right, like how I in, like intended. But you know, sometimes you may surprise yourself as far as like, wow, I painted that car really well, or like this this looks really good, you know. But other times. You know, I'll feel okay about stuff and then other people will come and then I'll be like, well, maybe it is. You know, so it's like <laughs> that's where, you know, your audience comes in and stuff like that. But so, I would say as far as drawing, that that drawing of my dad, I feel like that, you know, I was on one when I did that. Right. You know, I feel like that was. Yeah. That's, that's that going like, to be something right there. That's going to be something right there. <laughs> that boy, that boy good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's interesting because. Like I said, when I look at all of the stuff, I'm I'm thinking more about the process of you, like understanding you as an artist. Yeah. Not so much seeing this as like the end all be all presentation of this is what Tim is about. Like I don't I don't feel like that when I come into the room, but I feel like I'm understanding you mm -hmm. as an artist, how you're looking at stuff as you're going through it. And so in particular, we were having this conversation earlier. So we're <laughs> gonna bring this up again. How when I think of Tim work <laughs> I think of this. I think of something crazy happening. Like this really like abstract, whatever it is, element, like something's glowing that should be glowing. Like somebody's stepping through a hole in the in time and space. Like it's got to be weird. Like it's got to be weird as fuck. Like when I see it, it's like, <laughs> yo. But this piece, talking across the table, right, is almost the opposite of it. Mm. And so I find that fascinating. Like, where did, it, where did it come from from you to come 
to me down from where you were right. like as like a, as like an artist making a specific statement about surrealism and you know i can i can throw out some words now i got i got an mfa you, you probably do it better than me yeah i got an mfa i can do it if i want to <laughs> but but do you understand what i'm saying this is energy this is tim this is the weirdness this is that black x files this is like some stuff that nobody else is doing and this belongs in a museum honestly i told you it's so many artists that we know right now that are doing this type of work and are being celebrated in magazines in essence magazines at the tate in martin smithsonian everywhere blah 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 wherever they are they're doing this type of work right it's technically amazing right is a depiction of black life with energy and the composition all of it so strong but it don't feel like you. <laughs> you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I hope you, I, and this is not a diss at all. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not downplaying it, but like the technical mastery that you can show with making a piece like this, when you finish it, you're going to go somewhere with this. One. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it don't, it doesn't have the same energy. So mm -hmm. I asked you before and I'm going to ask you again, how do you feel about that? Like how do you feel about the juxtaposition between this surrealism stepping out a giant like down in the west end mm -hmm. and you know what i'm saying yeah, and like yeah. the sense of like black normalcy like yeah, it's yeah. a big divide between those uh -huh. two and it's funny to see them together like this mm -hmm. like tell me talk to me a little bit about that okay i have like like what i intended for the show to be and then what the show actually became mm -hmm. so there was like a difference in that as far as like what I intended for this to be, I intended for there to be several just just straight up weird, more or weird like out there, just like I guess the metaphysical stuff, like the 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 magical stuff, yeah, the conceptual, like, yeah, right, right, right. But um, you know, like as time was progressing and I was running out of time, I was like just thinking about how I guess I could make the low easier, even though I don't like that. You know, if if anybody knows me, they know that I like to push myself to 100% at everything. So I didn't really really like taking it like a step back or like just making it easier on myself. I hate that. I hate when people do that. I hate that having to do that in any way, really. So um, just in saying that, um, I feel in these pieces, I was trying to get the idea across that and these pieces are called Ebony, one, two, and three, right? <laughs> you got to say it for the audience today. <laughs> I feel that when what I was going for in these works and what I go for in a lot of my works is that when people come together, even if you are alone, you know, I feel like I try to depict there being like a separate selves within the one mm -hmm. and like all those separate selves being in communication with each other and building into the one or building into the whole. So, like, in that there is, like, a ritualistic, like, undertaking or, like, like just, like, a ritual in which, like, these different beings are celebrating the self in a way where there is an energy, like, in that space. And, in you know, the space is the energy. The energy is the space. And I just wanted to talk about, like that energy being blackness and the, our spaces being blackness itself i guess is that you know I'm, I'm about to get real weird and i don't oh, man, i don't nah, know I'm if i'm you, even man. making sense i got my when i be thinking about we, it we strapped up baby we you going, know <laughs> gonna, so wherever you going baby we going baby 
<laughs> go for it. Go for it. You know, it. so, you know, just as far as, you know, I want me wanting the work to just encourage black people just to be themselves and be like, just as, you know, as, you know, one of my favorite quotes by Malcolm X is, you know, we have to look, we have to see each other differently. We have to look at each other differently through mm -hmm. like different eyes. I'm mm -hmm. paraphrasing that bad, but you know, <laughs> ever since I heard that, you know, that has stuck with me. So it's just throughout the work, I'm thinking about like that type of like self-determination mm -hmm. and like in that self-determination, we just like, you know, we have introspection and then it's like with that introspection, that is an action. And, you know, I like to show introspective or introspection actively, I mm. guess, in the works. Yeah. So in this, that's what I'm getting from this. I'm looking at, you know, this is someone who is very close to me, my friend, Ebony. She's here in the audience. But, oh, you know, she is having like just this like weird introspective relationship with this space. And like she is splitting herself up. And in this, you know, this is a, an apartment complex in Stone Mountain. And, you know, this is where black people are. This is where this is a black space. And in that black space, you know, that blackness is just, you know, morphing and changing. And then it's like in that communion, she can like control this space. She has dominion over this space. And that's where this like large. Ver I don't. Where, where was the question? No, what no, question? no, man. No, we out there now, baby. We out what am there I talking now. About? We out there now. No, baby. <laughs> Oh, man, this this ritual. This is this is ritual of essence of blackness going through okay. uh, energy transformations yeah. and like yeah. yo, we out there, baby. Let's go, yeah. go, come on, man. Let's <laughs> keep going, man. So, oh, okay. And and comparing that to like the toned down pieces, like me personally, I am very family oriented, and I feel like I feel that energy when I am around my people. So. The energy of that piece, I feel like is still present in that piece. So when I was creating it, you know, I was just listening to music and getting vibes of that. So I was, you know, I'm listening to Pink Sifu. I'm listening to Outkast because to me that is like that music is representative of that vibe, that feeling. You know, it's like a, a black Southern, you know, dirty, you know, you know, traditional familial thing. You know, so I'm like I'm yeah. looking at this painting. I'm thinking about the song For the Folks by Pink Sufu. I'm thinking about the outro on Southern Playlistic Cadillac Funky Music. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about like Spodioti Dopalicious, you know, and it's just like, just being, right. <laughs> I got, yo, I'm you know, with just, you, man. just being around my people in that way, you know, we all, we just, we was playing spades, you know, everybody was drinking, they was drunk, it was hot in the room. Yeah. You know, I want the viewer to be able to feel that space. And I was actually talking to Michi Miko one time and he came to see me in the, in uh it went back when I was a leap year artist, and he was like looking at this this uh middle piece before it was done, and he was like, "I feel like I can hear it, mm. you know, I can smell it." And yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, you know that, you know that's <laughs> that's it, you know, you know I wanted I wanted to have a feel and a look, you know what I'm saying, yeah. or like just a look, you know, I want." It to be like a good story, like you are submersed in like a narrative yeah. or like an action. You know what I'm saying? But to the, the initial part of your question, I hope <laughs> nobody think in this room that I was like toning my shit down intentionally <laughs> or like like this is less or, or I feel that this is less than those. I don't. You know, I feel like it is. It was just as much of a challenge to create that one or to create anything else in here as the weirdest stuff. But 
my heart is with the weirder stuff because yeah and i think that's what i feel it's like yeah. it's, it's it's different like it's not that it's not you like all of it is you like you can be just as weird as you want to be and then go do some regular shit yeah. you know what i'm saying <laughs> like it's fine like that part is fine but when i look at it is is completely unexpected and so that's why i was thinking about my question is about the difference between the two and like mm-hmm. how you approach it and how you feel about okay. it and how you're responding to like the the absolute normalcy this one is about painting mm. right those are about you and a narrative and so it's completely separate you know what i'm saying in terms of of how you're painting it and so i just it just want to know your approach because I told Tim before, there are so many artists that are doing this thing right here, whatever it is, this essence, this magic, because it's still magic. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying that it's lesser than right, like, right, what right. you're doing. It's different. It's a completely different vibe. But this vibe is the normal vibe of what we would consider to be black art, accepted worldwide from everybody. Like normal museum shows, this is what you'll see like inside of it. The other stuff is more surreal. It's a little bit more difficult for people to understand. Like everybody's not going to be on that vibe unless they are completely open to going down a creative journey with somebody. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so to me, that's the difference in terms of how it is. But this is a beautiful piece. Like absolutely 100% over the top. Fantastic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, but I saw that in your work before in mm-hmm. the, in the weird stuff. I can see this guy knows how to paint. Like it's <laughs> like it's not a question in my mind about um, that that is happening. And so, is that something you wrestle with though? Because I mean, you know, we can be honest about um, making art as a commodity, right? As about the art marketplace, mm-hmm. this is not at the top of people's list when it comes to what they want to put in their house, right? Weird right. expressions, you know. what I'm saying this surreal abstraction of life, this metaphorical narrative that you bring in right, the people right. it's not immediately what they're going for when they're looking for yeah, art for their yeah. room you know what i'm saying yeah um and so how are you wrestling with that how are you how are you dealing with this kind of the dissonance between you and your ability and talent and knowing that any painting that you've ever seen in a museum i can do that shit and this is what i want to do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, how do you how do you feel about that? Um, I would say it's like, like I told you earlier. You know, I mean, I guess an idea that I have about like just everything, or like like a principle, like I just kind of live by. It's like I just try to go where I am loved. Mm. So, mm. Um, right, say that one more time. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, I just I try to go where I'm loved. So. I feel like the peop- the the work speaks to who it's gonna speak to, and you know it, you know people who just don't feel it, they just don't. And I'm not mad at them. Um, I mean, I don't, I you know, I try not to hate on nobody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, oh, squares, <laughs> <laughs> don't know what they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've had mentors, you know, tell me that you know if your work wasn't so dark, mm. you know, you would be this, this, and this, mm. and this, and it's just like. That it does like have an effect on ultimately how, or it doesn't have an effect on how I produce things, but you know, it can make you feel like, like not disappointed, but like maybe you'll never get 
mm. like recognized yeah. as as you intended because you know as you know as artists we all sit out and we all want to be you know we don't all want to be Basquiat but we want to be you know you want to be recognized yeah. for your ability Absolutely. and what you make so you know I don't want anything to negative negatively affect that but at the same time I gotta make. I'm gotta be you. I can only yeah I can yeah. only do it one way you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know I don't know how else to do it you know yeah people have told me the work is dark I don't know how to lighten it up <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I don't know how to I can't like yeah This is Kenetra Fletcher, Associate Curator of African American and Afro Diasporic Art at the National Gallery of Art, and you are listening to Studio North. I mean, it's, and I feel like I've been working at this way for so long that it's even ingrained itself into the process. So mm. just the way I'm like even building like a palette, you know, you know, sometimes I look at the palette and I'm like, is paint literally too dark like mm -hmm. is it like like do i have such a variation in the dark darker colors of the palette and then not that much variation in the lighter colors but then i look at the palette and it's there are like hyper lights in it but i guess they are so like seldom in the piece because you are selling like i guess an atmosphere or like yeah. trying to make it believable in like the narrative or whatever but you know i don't know you know as far as you know, it definitely like like bogs my mind, you know, and it you know, I definitely look up to artists who I feel are like strange. Like you said something about uh Kerry James Marshall. Yeah. You know, I mean I I think about Kerry James Marshall's Nat Turner piece all the time, man, because that was that's crazy. You know, how he mm -hmm. like rendered him like mm -hmm. that, and it's just like that's what we need to be on or that that's what I feel like I need to be on. And I feel like the stuff that I like, like the music I listen to, you know, the images that come to my mind from that is just, this is just how it is. You know, I can't, I yeah. wouldn't know how to switch gears with it really. You know? Yeah. And I, I like that. I'm, I'm more than like, I love it because it's who you are. Right. Right. And if your art doesn't reflect who you are, then what are you doing and why are you making it? Like you'll be trapped making stuff that you don't connect with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. for money, and that's another. That's just another cage. I feel that you know the money will be fine. Like, you'll like it and endure it, but you might as well go work at Target. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, if you want to be trapped somewhere that you don't want to be, mm. like it's plenty of people that'll subjugate you if you want to. Don't subjugate yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. Because um, even when you look at this piece, you're telling me about if you look up in the top corner, my man's face. He got the light from his phone reflecting on his face, but the phone is not in it. You know he's on the phone. Man, that is, <laughs> that's fantastic painting right there, man. That's attention to detail. Like, that kind of mastery, man. You're like, you can't buy it. You know what I'm saying? You can't buy it. I can't, I teach, I can't teach it to people. Um, and I teach, I teach at Georgia State for people that, that don't know. And a lot of my conversations with the students are getting them to understand who they are. And then make that thing. You know what I'm saying? Don't make the thing because you want me how do you, to give you an A. How do you even explain that, though? Because I have trouble saying that, too. It's hard. Um, like, what, what do you say? It, more or less, I, I try to ask them a question of, what do you want to do? Like, don't, like, like what do you want all, the, to do? all the answers are going to come from you. They should never come from other people. Right? Right. And so, 
I would say the same when you're saying the same thing is that no matter what these people are telling you, this is what comes out. <laughs> and that's what you should go with. You know what I'm saying? Like it don't, it don't, there's no greater lesson than the making itself is the lesson, right? That stuff that you make is only going to get better. And if you try to switch it up for some other thing, who knows? You might not even be able to paint 10 pieces like this because you're just not into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's real life. And that's, um, it, it's about the artistic process. So that part of it like really stands out to me when I, when I look at the work as a whole, mm-hmm. how different this is um, from the rest of the stuff. But you, you say a lot about narratives. And mm-hmm. as we talk about a lot of your work, even the pieces that are not here, y'all check out his website, timshoreart.com, uh, to see more of this stuff. But all the work seems to have a narrative. How important is narrative to you when you make it? I mean, I would say it's like, you know, I do it without even realize, realizing I'm doing it. You know, so... You know, a lot of times the way paintings like come to my mind, I'll just be like, okay, I need a painting and then I just won't do anything. You know, I, let's, let's say somebody say they need a painting from me, right? Mm-hmm. All right. I, 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 they need a painting. And then I'll be like, just, I might be like washing dishes and listening to music <laughs> and then a, a weird part of the song will come up and I'm like, there it is. You know, it's like, it'll just happen, you know? Yeah. So, or people can like give me a little tidbit of what they want and then I can just like create a narrative out of that. Like I made a, a album cover for this guy I really like named uh, Gennaro Jarrell. Mm-hmm. And he's like an underground hip hop producer, rapper, you know, but it's like the music is strange because, you know, he pulls from like a lot of different like elements of like blackness and black culture. So he'll have like some like Brazilian drums on some like electronic stuff like he'll sample sample like some old uh mpb and then you know put some like synths on it or something like that and then it'll just be wild and then you know i'll listen to that and it's like the narrative is there you know it's like you know i'll just have an image in my mind and it's just like all about how i'm gonna like give that image to the viewer you know what i'm saying so it'll be like a like a scene like almost cinematic in my mind but i'm just like putting it down or whatever but I, I have once again lost the question. What was the question? <laughs> no, that, 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 no. I, again, this is what I love talking to artists, right? right. Is what are we talking about? <laughs> we were talking narrative, about narrative. No, narrative. We, no. That's what I love because when you talk to artists about their process, they get so into it. It's almost like you went back to that moment of you washing dishes, and yeah. you were in the moment, and yeah. you completely forgot we were in front of all these people yeah. talking about things. But I love that because that shows me how much how into it you are, right? Like, and how right. much of it you um, place yourself right. into these narratives, into the situations, and how essential it is to your process, right? That you do get lost in it. Like, and then part of that getting lost is um, how you make the art that you make. Because you, other than that, you wouldn't put the time into it. Right. That it needs to, like, germinate the way it does. When you think of narratives, are you writing them down? Like, do you have, like, a book or, you have, or your sketchbook is full of different stories? Like, how are, you, how are you conceiving it? Typically, I'll just have an idea and I'll just log it. Mm-hmm. like in the depths of my mind and mm-hmm. then like if i need it for something i can just pull it out or i'll have another one and i can like combine them or i just like toy around with them but i'm not really much 
of like a logger as far as like just writing everything down. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I've I've been in talks with like my my best friend and like my cousin now about like making like something all together and all of us just like coming together and like you know making like some like manga or something like that or <laughs> just, you know just have like yeah. just produce something narratively inclined that is like also like visually inclined mm-hmm. but um yeah the way it comes it's just kind of all in the air. Like, yeah, all of it yeah. is, like, all the time Yeah, I mean, going. I can give you, like, specifics. <laughs> you know, so it's just, like, for that, for that album cover I was talking about, he was, he wanted to give the idea of, like, a new heaven, new earth type thing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, he said that, and that's all he needed to say. You know what I'm saying? So we were talking about, like, Revelation 20 and 21, I think. And he said that, and I'm just like, you know, all right. And then I went and he sent me some sound files and, you know, I'm listening to it and it's just like, oh, that, you know, that's it, yeah. you know? So it's like, that's the, sh- the, the piece I had in William Downs' uh, mm-hmm. show recently at uh, mm-hmm. every, Everything is Leaving My Mind. <laughs> but um, so, so you basically sit back and it's like that meme of Beautiful Mind where they like all the writing <laughs> come on. And you know, that's you is what you're saying. It, it can be. It's not as... you know, clean, but I'm trying to think, like, you know, for these paintings, I was listening to um, Forever Your Girl by Kia. Mm. <laughs> so this is like some, like, underground R&B soul <laughs> type stuff. Yeah. But she, like, what, what I really, what really draws me to her music is it's so dirty. You know, it's so, mm. like, underground is so like like raw you know so and then she's like singing and she has a beautiful voice and then it's just like i'm just like listening to those beats and then i'm just like cycling that through my mind and it's like boom yeah you know it's there you know what i'm saying yeah so i'm like listening to like rectifier and um uh niggas don't die and and stuff like that you know so you know it'll just hit like that when we think about narratives storytellers people that are creating these things you'll find out that a lot of the narratives are about the artists themselves right and so are a lot of these narratives really about you like what do you how do you relate those to you personally i would say ultimately all the art is you know i speak to other people by speaking to myself Mm -hmm. so it's like i want to communicate to a viewer through what I feel like I need to hear. Mm. So if I want to talk about like how I need to be vulnerable, how do I communicate that? If I want to talk about how I need to be better at talking to people, how I need to like look at myself differently or, or see my own people differently, you know, how do I say that? Like, what do I do? And it's, it's just like in using like, like people around me in my experience, this is like what the worth work will come off as you know i wanted to talk about like how black people can build their own spaces with this so that's why my father you know this is a literal space that he built this is a a library he has in my parents house so it's like in building that he literally built the space so it's like in capturing his prayer we have like 
this like double hand type thing, mm-hmm. like to capture that motion. And then it's like that idea is being communicated while this is a portrait of my father and this is about me because this is about how much I love him. You know? So does that make sense? Absolutely. Um what what in your in your childhood and how they raised you, you talk about your your father, your mother's in this picture, right. your sister's in the picture right. on the other side, uh Arian. How you pronounce? How you say Ariane? Ariane, uh, beautiful portrait over there too. Um, what What about these relationships? This formation gave you your sense of of what blackness is and how you're trying to communicate it. What about these relationships? Yeah, because some some are in the upbringing, like it's people all around, and right. you know you meet them all over, and they don't speak about or care about blackness in the way that you're right. speaking about it and caring about it right so something in your childhood is associating you with that idea right well even as a child you know th- that type of stuff was like taught to me and it was important to both of my parents so in just growing and me deciding the person I want to be as an adult you know and the person like that I want to like that I want people to see that I want to have an effect on like my surroundings, like in, in being that person, I feel like I had to just learn and I had to really like delve into like, you know, learn and I'm learning from like people I interact with. I'm learning from like books that I read, um, classes that I was taking, all that stuff. So it's like, and all that, all that culminating into like the individual that I am, you know, this, is like who you know the work is just reflecting who i want you know what i want to be out here like what you know the you know i guess to be corny like the change i want to see or whatever you know but like like it's just (laughs) that's not corny man (laughs) (laughs) but it's like you know i'm only putting out what i hope people will see and they will just like Mm. they can just feel that and they can just like gather something from it i guess if that makes sense absolutely and inside of that, I see uh, a freedom. And then while we talk about your work being surreal and dark, but um, there's a freedom in that where you give it the chance to imagine yourself beyond a simple idea of struggle that we put black people in all the time, right? The regular narratives that we associate with blackness, getting outside of that narrative is freedom, right? Getting outside that narrative is being creative and giving you a different destination mm. and setting a place where people can fulfill a fantasy that includes you and your black self right. is worth doing like all the time. So don't ever stop doing it. <laughs> I just tell you that right now. Like it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, all right. We've been talking for like 41 minutes, right? <laughs> uh, which is pretty good. Is there any questions out in the audience as we like keep going? Yeah. <laughs> Thank no, you. But... <laughs> I'm a cancer. <laughs> I, I don't, you know. Go, dude. What's up? What's happening, family? It's good to see you, man. You know, every time I see my brother, man, you know, it's all love. All these are dope, but like I said, I like that one the most because I know at one time. Probably was in the area. Was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
So the question was, uh, this one has a different color scheme compared to some of your work you had and some of the older work. And so, yeah. And so what's the importance of that change to you? Um, I mean, as far as the color, I try to make the painting as like believable as possible. So, I mean, as far as like, you know, people like read things onto the painting, like they will read that this is a sunset, but it's not. So like, and I feel like that is like because of like the red and like the yellow and the orange. But um, I don't, I don't feel like I changed anything about the process, like deliberately just for this show, other than like just like challenging myself into like, how can I like scale it down so I will actually have things to show as opposed to like just, you know, all of this could have just been drawings if I was like really like as ambitious as I wanted to like, but um, I mean, I would say I changed the color for the, I, I, I was doing, working on all of these at the same time. So these two, the uh, middle one and the one on the right, I was doing those and I was trying to create like a moonlight or, but the way it came off, like my underpainting is like a gray blue. And then, you know, I'm building like the light from like a red to like a super bright yellow or white. Yeah, I know sometimes it is, it's rare, but it is a time that the sky actually do. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that is not what I was going for, but it just happened to, to like <laughs> end up just, like that. Just go with it, man. Just go with it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I meant to do that. Just like you said, like you said earlier about people in interpretations, yeah. like right, yeah, if that's what it is, that's what it is. But I mean, um, I, when I did that one on the left, and it's like way more subtle and it's more of a brown yellow, mm -hmm. I was like, man, I wish I could change all of those and do them all <laughs> like that, you know, just to get away from that. But they were done at that point, or I'm not talking to the mic. They were done at that point. So, so that one was last, the first. Yeah, yeah, that I did that one last because it's easiest. So, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Any other questions? So oh. the question was, I got to repeat oh. the question for the audience. <laughs> the Peter podcast listeners. Um, he was asked about the black orb that shows up in a lot of your pieces and the significance. Um, the black orb is blackness. Like, it is like me and... My my cousin, my cousin in the back. That's my cousin right there, y'all. You know, he, he let me cousin. What's up, baby? <laughs> so, um, me and him, we talk about like, you know, just in imagining blackness. What if blackness was like a, a palpable thing that we could touch and feel mm -hmm. and use as like an engine or like a power source or something like that? To like, and I, and I feel like that is a concept that I've been reusing over and over in a lot of my paintings. And then it's like power and portals so people are going in and out of spaces and they controlling it so it's like empowerment and we talking about like self-determination and everything right so in something like this I mean I wanted to talk about like vulnerability and honest con conversation and how like when me and my cousin talk I feel like that black, black that blackness or that energy is like becoming mm -hmm. palpable and it's because that's like how I feel about myself and how he made me feel so like in these, he's like using that orb to like open like a gate, and then there, the area or the space that he's opening to is like this huge, huge, huge amount of like that energy, right? And then I'm there in that energy, so we are meeting in that space, and then we are sitting down and talking. And then in that last one, he's like 
gifting that orb to like the viewer. So it's like beckoning you to do the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like like a bunch of like concept, a bunch of like, you know, just just trying to get a message across through like a story. So oh, is that that narrative showing back up again. Yeah, yeah. You know, man. It's super strong. <laughs> yeah. So he asked if when you're creating your narratives, I gotta say it for the audience, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Fifth My time bad, man. <laughs> I'll be ready. I'll be ready. <laughs> he asked about the narrative and the message and which one comes first and how they relate to each other. I would say the message comes gradually as the painting is like progressing. So, you know, I'll just be listening to something and I'll just have like a wild idea. And then, like I said, I'm just logging it. And then I can like open my mind to that later. And then like I have like several ideas in my mind right now of what I want to paint in the future. And I already like am like, I guess, loading them with a message. But the idea always comes first, I guess, or like the like wild concept or like the imagery, because, you know, as visual artists, you know, we just like so trained on like getting a visual image or like trying to find one, if that makes sense. Anybody else? He asks, is, is there a supernatural element in the talking across the table piece? I try my best not to incorporate something <laughs> visually supernatural in this. I mean, I... Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, thematically, do you have to repeat all that? No, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Thematically, the entire show is about, like, blackness being palpable between, like, community and black people when they get together, right? So, I don't need, I, I felt like I didn't need to show it there because it's there because we are because it's there, there together. yeah it's a feeling you know? more than anything. so it's yeah like, right it's here right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yo man right here he's talking about uh specific references to <laughs> to already he, he's sweating over here <laughs> you drink some water man drink some water see. <laughs> But he was asking about specifically kind of like the iconography um, that people use to explore blackness and how it's affecting it with like Earth, Wind & Fire, Octavia Butler, like anybody that looked at as conjuring and spiritual and giving a product and how it relates to what you're doing. Me and Mel Chris, we 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 grown close over the last was a couple months. You know, um, we've had like a lot of conversation just about like different things that inspire us. And we both really do love Earth, Wind & Fire. Like, Hey, everybody like, loves Earth, Wind & Fire. <laughs> I mean, that was like... <laughs> Who don't love Earth, Wind right, & Fire? Right, right. But y'all can get out if you don't like Earth, Wind & Fire. <laughs> Especially those, those like early, earlier albums yeah. where it was just like, it was kind of raw in how they were trying to like... like it's, it's like a, a similarity in how people are like just building like their sound and like how there's just such a like multiplicity of like everything in blackness. So they were like, you know, they would do covers of like popular Brazilian music or something like that and just like make it so funky or, and then they were like, they were funky and then like jazzy at the same time and just so soulful. And then they would take you to church, like on like the, the song that I really was listening to with this one, um, open our eyes, like 
stuff off that album. Um, you know, I'm thinking about like all about love, like that outro where it's like that, just that weird, like those weird synths and like, you know, just all, like, you know, it's just, we on some Sun Ra shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like all of that, I feel like stuff like that, you know, you see, I got Octavia Butler on my shirt, you know, I leap year, I got to take the train here to get here. So I've been reading way, way more. My cousin was, you know, another reason me and my cousin was linking because he was giving me, he was putting me on, you know, so, <laughs> um, you know, I read like Black Leopard, Red Wolf, then oh, I started okay. reading. Yeah, I started yeah. reading uh, N.K. Jemison and just you know, and and I've been reading Octavia Butler. I just finished um, the Pattern Master last night. You know, first time ever. So you know, but I've read other Octavia Butler. I just don't got the shirt on, y'all. I'm not. You know, I'm not the kind of guy. <laughs> I'm not. Posting, you know, I'm not going to yeah. wear it if I don't know what, what it's about. But um, uh, so just having those different sources tap into narrative in their own way is always inspiring and um the narrative is all or their narrative is always present and like or i just read narrative into it you know i listen to pharaoh sanders and the way he like builds like such a raucous feel with like the free jazz and then will like mellow out with like like something more melodic and then just break it up with more free jazz like even in that i'm just like you know, imagine like a cacophony of just wildness, like just like something like some maybe like you're erasing like a a tableau or something like that, or like like life as is, and then like bringing in something new and erasing that or something like that. So it's although all these things, I'm getting inspiration from so many places, some so many like black sources, and then it's just you know those, those just fuel me to make my own yeah. and just to like draw people to the work. In a way that I am drawn to those yeah. sources, if that yeah. makes sense. Nah, so, perfect sense. That's, that's good. That's good enough, Malcolm. <laughs> I know. I know. We we gonna talk long after this, so you know. <laughs> no, nah, it's like a it's like a gumbo of inspiration, right? Like, and you're getting it right. from all these different places, right. and you're picking people that are being more expansive and creative about how they're considering right. blackness in the first place. I mean, that's a it makes perfect sense. You know what I'm saying <laughs> when you say it like that. Any more questions? Oh, we got one back. Oh, here we are. <laughs> I know. He keep the good stuff in the back. He should be ashamed of himself. Dante's soul. You like that one. Oh, this is Dante right here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this the sphere at, itself. At what point does the the sphere go into the pieces? Right, right, like, right. Like so so how does it fit into the narrative? Is that what you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I'm getting what you're saying. Um, I mean, you know, I had been painting for a while before I started doing that, and I was just trying to find a way to communicate that singular idea, or I was just trying to find my thing, my, my way of, like, talking about it or whatever. And I want to say maybe one of the first times I ever did it was that album cover piece. So it's like there's a sphere at the top, and it's, like, very prominent, but the entire piece is, like, spherical and i feel like a lot of people don't get that because it's like really loaded with a lot of other like images but um i mean they can change depending on like the context of the specific pieces sometimes they're like gateways or like portals other times they're like methods of like destruction other times they are like just like engines or like 
like gifts or anything, but it's like that blackness is like diverse in the work and you know, just to show that like we are diverse, I guess. But it's like it's always present when we are there, like wherever we are. So you know, All right, we got one more sense. question. Yeah. We have one more. We have one. Yeah. Hey, I, <laughs> hey, I asked, where were you in the picture? Oh, for, my. <laughs> you don't listen. Uh, where were you in the picture for talking across the table and you said you were the one doing the video? Shoot, right, right. I got you. That was up. So I hope everybody enjoyed their time here. These are great questions. Got to know one of the up and coming best artists in Atlanta, <laughs> Mr. Tim Short. Shout out to him. <laughs> Oh, that's it. No, I'm gonna say one. Uh, and y'all, uh, this is Studio Noise Podcast. Y'all make sure y'all check us out. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts: Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Anywhere you get it. We coming back in October every Tuesday, bringing you the very best in Black art. It's Studio Noise, the voice of Black art. It's Tim Short. We out. Can I get a shirt? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> you the fam, man. You part of the fam, man. We get your shirt. That's it. Another episode of Studio Noise in the bag. Big shout out to Tim Short. Much success to you. Oh, that boy can paint. I'm telling you, it's some magic. <laughs> Next week, I got returning legend back to the podcast. We got Kevin Wack Williams coming back to the podcast for more great conversations to all my artists out there. I know I say we just came back, but I hope that you never left. I hope you've been in that studio. I hope you're making that noise. Yes. That's the only way to do it. We got to do it. Keep it up, baby. I hear you. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise. Follow us on Instagram at Studio Noise Podcast.